Here is this month's slot with Southeast Radio's resident vet, Pete Wedderburn from Gory Bray Vets. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. As we welcome into the studio, it's a while since we touched on pet matters. In fact, it's many moons since we've touched on pet matters on this show. So it's great to, to welcome into the studio, Pete Weatherburn. You're, you're very welcome, Pete. Good morning. Uh, you're a gory brave vet. Um, so basically what you call a, a, a family doctor, really, a pet doctor. Well, that's what we are, yes. I mean, I, um, I've been based in Bray for, for the la- in North County Wicklow for the, for the last 20-odd years. Um and in July just passed, we opened up a new clinic, if you like. It's like a branch of our Bray Clinic mm. in Gory, and it's called Gory Bravet. Yeah, I think to know the man is to know what he writes about. And you're also a regular contributor to the People Newspaper Group, aren't you? You, have, am, a, you yes. have a regular column there, and it's a super column. Yes. And this week, you told a story. So I, rather than going to the ins and outs about who you are, which you will do eventually, mm-hmm. I think if you share a little story about your love for pets, and you yes. have one this week in the paper, what's yes. it about? Well, my, my column every week is... I'm allowed to write about anything that I find of interest or anything that I think readers will, will be intrigued by. Um, and I've been doing that for over 25 years now, every week. This week's story um, was really one from the heart, and it's about a lovely dog called Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of your listeners may remember Hardy, um, because when he was a puppy, um, he featured on TV3, on Iron AM. Yeah. Um, um, because what happened was he was had the extreme misfortune um, to be very badly abused. And what happened was um, uh, somebody, we don't know who, tried to kill him with a shotgun. And so they, 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 they fired the shot at him. Yeah. And Hardy obviously dodged away at the last moment and bolted. And he was found wandering the countryside. But when he was found... Literally half of his face was missing. The, the, the right-hand side of his muzzle and cheek and everything had just been blasted away. Yeah. So he was, he was taken in by Ash Animal Rescue. Um, and what they did is they brought him to me for him to be euthanized because he was in such a terrible state. And I still remember Helena from Ash held him on the table and I loaded the syringe... Um, ready to put him down. Um, and then um, as he turned him towards me, he looked at me... And he wagged his tail and he licked my hand. And I thought to myself, this isn't a dog who wants to die. This is a dog who wants to live. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I, I looked at Helene and she looked back at me and we said, look, is anything possible? And what we then did is we, we, we looked at, at what could be done and we, we discovered that, yes, he could have reconstructive surgery to make his face functional again. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to be done by a specialist surgeon at UCD Veterinary um, school, um, and the cost was going to be high. So that's why he was on TV3 on Iron AM, because he put out a financial appeal for him. Um, could, would, would, would the viewers like to help this unfortunate dog? And they were remarkably generous. I recall we raised over €10,000 for this little dog. Yes. And he went through all the surgery at UCD, and he came through it fine. Uh, and he was left with permanent scarring. And what that meant was that... Uh, and his photograph is in the Wexford people today. You can see him for yourself. Um, what happened was that his tongue just kind of hung down the right side of... And how much money was raised for the fund? Well, it was well over 10,000 euros. I think it was heading for 20,000. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, phenomenal. Just caught the imagination of the general public. It did, yeah. And the th- what, what is really hard to explain is that this dog was just a lovely, lovely dog. Like, he, he just... He'd come up to anybody and show them affection. Mm. He, he just liked 
Despite the fact that he'd been nearly been brutally killed by a human being, he loved all humans. And he was a great example to us all, if you like, of I'm forgiveness. I'm just thinking, I mean, I can just picture the scene. Here's you, uh, about, as you say, euthanasia, what you're going to do with him. And, and he mm. did this to you. Uh, like, it's the stuff of a movie when you think of it, isn't it? You, yeah. could, you, could, you could do a movie on this young <laughs> You could. And yeah. so then what happened to him was, he was, he was in the UCD veterinary hospital for about three months. And finally, he was ready to go to a new home. And so a lady called John Jameson took him in just for the weekend because she was she 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 did some volunteer work for ash and she took him in just to mind him for the weekend before handing him on to ash and she fell in love that weekend she fell in love and and hardy never left her home he stayed with her for 12 years and then um unfortunately about six months ago he was diagnosed with um he'd been slowing down a bit Mm. and when when i examined him it was obvious that he had a a tumor in his abdomen um and it was a tumor that wasn't treatable and so what that meant was that we basically put him onto palliative care Mm. and for the last six months he was a happy dog and enjoying life and um but he was gradually slowing down yeah and so then um just a few weeks ago she she made the difficult decision that it was time for him to go and so so it was it was 12 years later than it might have been but there I was again uh, with a table, with a syringe, and um, we said goodbye to Hardy. It was a very, 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 very sad it's a, time. It's a beautiful way to introduce you to us here this morning in the morning mix. Now, you're going to stay with us because we have a lot of questions coming in already. And if you have questions for Pete, uh, Pete Wedderburn, by all means, get them into me now on 053 or the easiest way to get them in at this point in time is on text 087 956 or text line in association with Doyle's Gary's Courtown. Questions coming in for Pete. Uh, what people need to be vigilant on and to look out for if they're thinking of buying a pet or getting a pet for the very first time. Uh, any questions you have, bang them in on 0873737956. We'll have more from Pete after. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. We have with us a new feature once a month. He'll be popping in to have a chat with us, and that is Pete Weatherburn from the Gory Brave Vets Etery, uh, uh, answering all your pet related questions. You certainly caught the imagination of pet lovers today with that story about Hardy. But I mean, it was a it was a happy life from after, wasn't it? Really? Oh, listen, you think about it, Pete. He had a wonderful existence. He lived the fullest life he could possibly have had, and um, you know. Um, he experienced the joy of human companionship and he gave humans so much from his companionship. So it worked really well both ways. A number of questions coming in. You can get them in to us now on 53 are the best way to get them through to me in, on the screen here. They'll pop up eventually is on a text 0873737956. I mentioned off air and I won't mention the person. Fear of animals, fear of pets, fear of dogs. Many years ago, I was bitten on the lip by a little terrier mm. and it frightened me for a little while. But luckily, what happened next was my parents bought me a terrier. And that helped me overcome the fear. That was and very far seeing of them, yeah. It was, yeah, but I absolutely love dogs anyway. Mm. So I was just mm. bitten by this little terrier. Mm. But what happens if there's somebody who has had an experience and they don't overcome the fear? It's very common, unfortunately. Um, and every week I meet somebody like that. It, uh, uh, and for them, it's, it's irrational, it's emotional. It's very hard for them to control it. But all they know is they don't want dogs anywhere near them. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, in theory, people can be helped with that sort of of issue. You know, you, um, you'd have to go to a sort of cognitive psychologist person who would, you know, take you through, you know, putting a dog in the far side of the room and a lovely gentle dog and you spending time there and gradually you'd get over this kind of fear. But I suppose for a lot of people, um, they don't really want to get over the fear. It's just what they want is just not to have 
dogs anywhere near them and that's all they want. And is there an underlying reason that caused the fear in the first it's place? A, I think it's often just a, a emotional scarring. You were very fortunate in mm. that your parents paid attention to that but you know, it's not always obvious that a young child has had a trauma with a dog. It could be as simple as a dog, as a puppy jumping up on them and giving them a fright. Um, so it's not always very obvious that there has been a trauma. But I'd be very much in favour of children growing up with animals around them. There's lots of evidence it's really good for children. Um, young people who grow up with pets, um, they end up being more socially uh, adept, they've got more self-confidence um, and um, you know, a, a, a dog especially also a cat, can be a really really good companion for a young person because they're completely non-judgmental um, like if you le leave your bedroom in a complete tip your parents will give out to you um, but your dog still loves you just the same as ever so, you know? so dogs just love you all the time so if a child grows up experiencing that unconditional love it, it's really good for them and they grow up being more 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 um, relaxed and happy individuals and are dogs the only pet that you can have that bonding you said a dog loves you regardless of whatever goes on in your life but are they the only pet can you have the same amount of affection with a cat for sure can you absolutely because yeah. cats um, are I, sometimes depicted as being very selfish animals yeah no I, I think I think it depends on the cat well much it does depend on the dog as well but um like we've got three cats at home and um, one of them is a complete scaredy cat so you know he, he, he's happy to sit five yards away from humans but he just doesn't like to have lots of human attention the other one is a grumpy cat and she, she'll come up and ask to be petted now and again but when she's had enough she'll, she'll growl at you and she'll, she'll even try and scratch you whereas the third cat we have um, is a big gentle giant of a cat and he loves people and he'll Whenever he can, he'll come and sit beside you or sit in your lap. He'll sleep in our bed. Um, he is just adorable. And that kind of cat um, gives exactly the same kind of affection and attention as a dog. And how do the three cats get on together? Well, not that well, actually. They tolerate each other. But you'll find that there's an illusion that cats are happy living together. In fact, cats tend to be solitary creatures um, who, who do their own thing within a house. And often they despise each other. You'll often see cats um, sleeping on a, on, a, on a big bed at opposite corners of the bed. Now, cats do sometimes get on well together, especially if you get kittens at the same time when they're all young. They can become friends. But it's more common for cats actually not to like each other very much. Look, we could chat all day, but I've got to get on to this question because <laughs> okay. I'm in trouble with the Morning Mix listeners. Mary was the first one and she says, any advice for stopping neighbours' dogs coming in on the lawn? My grass has been destroyed and it's also been burnt with dog poo. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, the issue here is the owners of those dogs. You see, under Irish law, you're obliged to keep your dog under effective control. That is the law. And so if somebody's letting their dog roam and wander into your garden, they're breaking the law. Hmm. Now, you can say that, but we all know there's a bit of an Irish tradition to let dogs do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's difficult to change that kind of mentality. But what you should do if it's really upsetting you go and talk to the owners of the dog and say look I'm really not happy that your dog is doing this and they should then learn to keep their dog in and if you if you get no response and if it bothers you enough then what you should do is contact the local authority dog warden and say look there's a dog here that's just wandering around the place uncontrolled then the dog warden would come out and would talk to um, dealing with the dog and say, look, you're breaking the law here. Um, you have to stop your dog from doing that. So they are, in effect, breaking the law, but what you're, uh, you're uh, uh, mm. suggesting a softly, softly approach oh, first. Always. Or yeah. the, the law is only there when people are being unreasonable. Mm. Um, but most people, once they realise, they, they probably don't even know that there is a problem here. 
you know. Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. Mm. Uh, I have a Japanese Spitz, eight years. He was a little cross, so he was fenced out the back of the house in the last few days. He has been bent up a few times as if trying to poo and crying. He's doing a soft form of poo every day, but he's at it. Uh, and there's also a light drop of blood on the floor last night from him, but I don't know if it's from his back passage. Well, it sound, I mean, there's, there's a number of possibilities there, but it sounds as if he may have a prostate problem. Um, she didn't mention if he'd been neutered, did she? He didn't, know. It's no. not mentioned, well, no. Mo- most likely, <clears throat> the mo- when you describe that, the most likely thing is that um, adult male dogs, as they get older, their prostate gland, um, which is near the back passage, it swells up. Um, it's called benign prostatic hypertrophy. It swells up and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it swells up, it starts to push on, on, on the back passage. And then the classic signs are that a dog strains... Uh, to, to do his toilet yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and as, as well as passing faeces strained past faeces often um, they strain a bit to pass urine and often there are drops of blood in the urine so that's what that sounds like but what they really seriously need to do with that dog is take the dog to the vet mm. because um, a, a physical examination would confirm whether or not that's the problem you don't need complicated tests or whatever if a, if a vet examines a dog like that they'll be able to find yes the prostate's enlarged and then once that's been established then treatment is simple and um, the most effective treatment for most problems like that would, would actually be an operation um, which is politely called orchidectomy and which is colloquially known as castration I see. And that solves the problem. <laughs> uh, detailed advice. We've got a few more we'll get in before we let you off for today. Pete, Pete Weatherburn, uh, once a month he'll be popping into studio. We'll let you know well in advance because there's a lot of questions coming in. I have a little rescue dog, was abused. She keeps scratching. Could I give her sulphur in her food? Well, um, if you want the dog to stop scratching, then you really need to pay attention to what's causing the scratch. Um, people tend to hope that uh, that generic products like sulphur will somehow magically take away the itch, but it certainly won't do that at all. Um, what you need to do is find out why. Now, there's a long list of possibilities that would include parasites like fleas and lice um, and mange. It would include allergies. Allergies are very common indeed, and there's a number of other possibilities. But what you need to do again is get the vet to examine your dog. Sometimes they make a diagnosis from just examining the animal um, and sometimes they have to do tests like skin scrapes or whatever but once they've found out what the cause of the itch is then they can give you treatment so there's be very very few itchy dogs that carry on itching once they go to the vet and it's been diagnosed it's quite specialist in a sense that you know um, it's important that vets are used to dealing with itchy dogs and they know the routine. And not all, be- not all vets have that particular interest. Mm. Um, but if you go to a vet who's used to dealing with itchy dogs, they'll really be able to help you very quickly indeed. That dog that you asked about is not neutered. That text no, just come that's back. what I'd expect. Hi, Pete. We have a German Shepherd pup aged 10 months and a Golden Labrador, both female. They used to get on really great until recently. They seem to have become jealous of each other. Why so? What age are the dogs? Uh, the German Shepherd pup aged 10 months and a Golden yeah. Labrador. doesn't say what age the okay. Golden Labrador is. Well, yeah, so what you're seeing there is social maturity. So um, dogs, although puppies seem to grow up quite quickly, they don't actually reach social maturity until they're a year or older, even up to two years sometimes. And often as they reach that age, their attitude changes and they become a bit more what you might call disgruntled or intolerant and so dogs that seem to get on well when puppies are young as a, as a puppy turns into an adult dog there isn't always compatibility so you have to pay attention to this and you have to make sure that um, the biggest reason for aggression in between dogs is trigger factors okay and the classical trigger factor would be food so dogs can get on really well 
until there's food there. And when there's food, then there's conflict. So when, when you have a household with multiple dogs, you should make sure that you try to avoid trigger factors as much as possible. And that means, for example, feeding the dogs in separate rooms. Mm. Now, I know lots of folk feed the dogs right beside each other, but... If you do that, you're more likely to have conflict. So in our house, we've got two dogs, and we make sure always they're fed in separate rooms. There's no big deal is made of it, but just we put the food bowl on the ground in different rooms, and that way there's never any conflict between them. Okay. Um, and there are other trigger factors as well. Um, things like attention from you. You know, you don't want to give one dog too much attention when the other dog's close by. Um, uh, when the doorbell rings, dogs sometimes get agitated, and when they're agitated, they're more likely to get aggressive. So you need to find out what sort of trigger factors there are and try to um, remove those as much as possible. I can only take one more question for the day, but what I'm mm-hmm. going to do is there's some, a lot of questions coming in, so I'll keep them for the next day coming right. in, because basically I didn't expect to get as many questions as we got, because yes. we're just introducing it today for the first time. Mm-hmm. So finally, a new Ross listener says, my 11-year-old female dog scrapes his backside on the ground. He has never done this before. What do I need to do? Well, that... Uh, it's a female dog, so yeah. I shouldn't say he, I should have she. That's yeah known as sledging or scooting and the most common reason for that is issues with the anal sacs they're little glands right beside the back pasture of a dog and often they become overfull with secretion dogs use them by the way to mark their territory that's why dogs sniff each other's bums when they meet because they're smelling each other's anal secretions and that's that's like a, a fingerprint for a dog it tells them a lot about each other but if the if the little glad sack there if the little gland gets too full of secretion it gets very itchy and so what you need to do is you need to get that the, the pressure of the of the swollen gland relieved by having a vet squeeze out the gland so it's it's quite straightforward usually I think you're going to be hugely popular, Pete. <laughs> phone line is hopping and the text line is buzzing as well. But we'll welcome you back uh, within the next few weeks and we'll let people know well in advance. Great well, to have you on board. I'll be on my clinic, uh, clinic in, in Gory Bravet every every Thursday afternoon. So people yeah. can call and see me there if they like. Gory Bravet. Yeah. And that little picture people are asking us about Hardy, it's in your column in this week's People newspaper. It is, you'll see it there.